Coming up on today's podcast, Helen starts a team meeting. We decide which is our favourite ever episode, and then we read out some listener emails. Hello, and welcome back to another Manchester United podcast. I'm Helen Evans, joined by. That's for David you to join us. Yes, there David we May. go. There, there we you go. go. Yeah. It's been a while since we've been we've been on Zoom together. That's why we're a bit rusty. I, was, I felt like amazing. I had a little stare off there about who was going to speak and who wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Good to see you, yeah. It is. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, a little team meeting at the start of the season. How cool. Yeah, nice. A team meeting. That's what I'm going to call it. Annual. Annual general meeting, the AGM. Helen's <laughs> chairing it. Yeah, as is appropriate. Standard. Are you, Sam? Yeah, very good. Um, I talked to Maisie earlier. Went Blackberry picking this morning. That was pretty exciting. You're such a dad, right? Gonna make a crumble later. So exciting, man. <laughs> I have a very rock and roll life. I tell you, what, wow. You are living on the edge. It's unreal the things I get up to. Amazing. How have you been? I've been good. Yeah. Golf's good. I'm now down to four, so I'm happy with that. Lowest I've been, a handicap. I like that you said golf's good, like golf is a person or like a child of yours. Like, I'm good and golf is good. We're both good. Yeah, we've 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 come together as a team te- team now, team amazing golf. Yeah. So down to four. Down to four, yeah. Still, some people are arguing that I should be last. Who are these people? Name some names. Oh, the little ginger prince. He's always at me. So he thinks in. that your handicap should he be. Should, he thinks I should be last. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, S- Stitch. Uh, do you know what? I've just seen Stitch in Asda. There we go. And as, for those that aren't aware, that's Andy Ritchie. Andy Ritchie, yeah. I'll tell you something about Stitch. Tell us. He only has powdered milk in what? his coffee. Why? Exactly. No idea. And the thing is, where, where he lives, they don't have powdered milk in his, in his off-licence. Yeah, I'm not surprised. So he has to come near me. He lives in 2023. <laughs> Who buys milk in his off-licence? <laughs> that's, that's Stitch. That is Andy Ritchie's no, no, life. No, 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 hang on. His... Hang on, go back to the start. You said <laughs> in his off... Oh, there's my gate. But who buys milk in an off-licence? Well, where else do you buy it? Supermarket? Farm well, shop? same thing. The, the supermarket, that was what, that's what I was saying. <laughs> this has never happened. Go on, what's happening? Someone's at my door. The gate. Someone's at the gate. Listen, Sam, we won't get this because we're not posh. No, it's like watching... Um... Who's what's that through the keyhole? What's that program where they walk around a house? You have to guess oh, no who's it. I is. used to love that program. It's actually called Through the Keyhole. Oh, is it great? Perfect. It's like Through the Keyhole, then. Yeah, I've nailed yeah. that. Um, so yeah, golf's good. I was over. Um, I was over in Northern Ireland uh-huh. over last weekend or beginning of last weekend um, for the Harry Gregg Golf Foundation. Oh, lovely! Which was absolutely amazing. So it was great to see uh, the Gregg family. And um, they actually listen to the podcast. Oh, which is that's amazing! So cool, yeah. Hello, them. And it was a fantastic day. It really was. Any money raised as the inaugural, so it's going to be happening every year. Oh, perfect! So fantastic, yeah. So it was so good meeting them. I mean, from your perspective as someone who played for United, is that when you retire? I suppose people think about players. You know, you move on with your life and you do whatever. But that must be great that those kind of things exist and you get to see people, especially because it, it spans generations and eras of Manchester United players. Sam, it was so good. It was so good. And there's a guy there, Liam Beckett, who does a hell of a lot of stuff 
over in Northern Ireland, did dinners and the radio. And he became very, very close to Harry Gregg. And some of the stories that Harry Gregg mentioned to Liam, I'm not going to mention them because they are very, very private, but um, absolutely eye-watching. Wow. Eye-watching. Yeah, filled up many, many times listening to him as he was telling the stories, obviously, about Munich and so on. Yeah, because, I mean, he was a hero, wasn't he, at Munich? He was. He was. And when you hear the stories that Liam was saying, wow, incredible. I like that. Why you told me that story ahead of us dealing with someone at a gate? Do you know what's so funny? I have to just say, sorry, I missed all about Maisie, but I just went to the gate. Someone was there and I came out with my iPad and a microphone and I've never even seen this guy or met him. And he went, you're recording a podcast, aren't you? And I said, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's how widespread we are. Amazing. Anyway, sorry about that, guys. So I've done, oh, Sam, you've done the raspberry picking or blackberry picking picking, whatever. I've been over to Ireland. Bells, what have you been doing? Um, this summer, the last few weeks, I've been in Belfast a lot. Went to Spain with the children. Okay. And that's pretty much it. Just getting ready to go back to school, school uniforms, all that kind of thing. Nothing exciting, really. Really calm summer at the Evans family household this summer, you're saying? Nothing nothing massive, just a normal, just a normal, just a normal relaxed summer. summer. Yeah, yep. cool. That's what I thought. Just a normal summer with her husband back at United. Incredible. <laughs> Probably shouldn't keep talking about blackberry picking and golf. Let's talk about this podcast because it has been the most incredible thing to do. It's been a wonderful journey since we started back in 2019. Um, if you are listening to this and you're not someone who's been listening to our fantastic podcast over the last few years you might have some curiosities about what's going on uh so obviously the podcast is is the three of us chatting with we've got david may superstar treble winner golfer extraordinaire beer machine owner and a guy who likes to get his powdered milk from the off license that's a classic by the way no i don't get it i don't get it stitch guess it. <laughs> it's the fact that he doesn't think it's funny as well that's yeah, why it's even funny it's so good <laughs> And we're also joined by 12 years of working together, my closest friend at MUTV, and probably my bestest friend at MUTV, Helen Evans. Amazing. I thought you were going to say Sam there. I'm in it from the bottom of my heart, yeah. Oh, Look how touched there you we are. go. That was a nice moment there to witness. There you go, kid. <laughs> that was nice. Yeah. We've been through thick and thin. We have, amazing. Yeah. It's been a journey. Dream team. And then Sam comes along. And then we gained a new friend. The thorn between two roses. Yes. We gained a new friend, Sam Homewood, about four years ago. Quite long have been working at United, Sam. This is my sixth season. So, oh, that's awkward. Yeah. Well, wow. it's, it's a mess, though, because the first one was just a bit. And then, obviously, there's been COVID and stuff. So it's, this is probably only the second normal season. We're delighted to welcome, welcome you into our friendship group, Sam. Thanks very much. It means a lot. It's... Yeah. Um, as you know, I don't have my WhatsApp notifications on, but the that's the ones true. I never miss are our ones. Mm, that's debatable, but we'll believe you. Well, I catch up eventually. We have they're good fun ones... in our little WhatsApp chat, yeah. don't we? They're the ones I always want to see. Anyway. Anyway, anyway troops. Why are we here? Uh, talk about the best episodes that we've ever done, which is going to be difficult because we've done about what, 150 magnificent episodes? And how many times Incredible. do people stop you? Because it happens to me quite a lot, so I presume it happens to you guys, and they ask what's been the best episode. 
and I'm always so torn. Oh, people ask me all the time. I yeah. know, it's really hard. What's happened to me is, I don't know what your approach is, is I've worked out there are three that are the three that I always say, and then I think about it to myself afterwards. But what it's happened so often that now I have no idea what the answer is because I just say the same ones because I feel I need an answer. What do you say? That was like organized chaos, that answer, Sam. Yeah. Um, I always kind of go back to Lou McCary, but it's very hard mm-hmm. to look past Sir Alex Ferguson too. I always say Bojan. Very good one. Yeah. Odin Agalo. Oh, and, he was so happy. Yeah. And then uh, Sir Alex. Yeah. But I always go to Bojan first, always. I don't know why. And then Agalo's always, they're always the two. Really? Do you? I've actually not heard you say that before. Oh, if people ask me in the street or whatever, that's always what I say. I say Bojan, then I say Agalo. What about you, Maisie? I always tend to go along the lines of their upbringings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Patrice, who was begging on the streets in Paris. Bojan being shot at going to school. People being shot around him. Nemanja Matic. Was it Nemanja who got kidnapped? Berbatov. Oh, was that Berber? Berber as well. I like all those dramatic you ones. You should probably tell that story in context, but yes. But the only way to do it is by listening to the podcast. Very true. Amazing. Smooth. Boom. Boom. Yeah, I think yeah. it's been a bit like that, hasn't it, over all of the episodes? People ask you and then you say one and then one of us say another one and you go, oh yeah, no, that one was a really good one. Yeah. So I think they're all different and you can get great bits from each one. I suppose for me, I love doing the podcast with people that we know so that would include like the Alex Stepneys the Lou McCarries and I always really enjoy those ones Mickey you know, Thomas proper, yeah Mickey Thomas I loved Mickey Thomas's podcast it was hilarious yeah all of those ones I think are amazing because they tell you things you don't know whereas I think from the more recent football players like you know their story yeah. yeah, yeah, like Paul Scholes, we were giving him more information than he was giving us about his playing Oh, he career. didn't remember anything. No, he didn't have a clue. Um, and it's still <laughs> great for me to be sat in a room with Paul Scholes. It's really fun because, um, as you know, we're great mates. But beyond that, just to hear stories that you don't know from people who've played for Manchester United is so much fun. But my favourite ever answer, just one answer to one question, was Helen, you asking Eric Cantona what he did with his days off. What did he say? He said... Make love, drink red wine. Oh, right. You know what? I didn't even remember that. My memory I is so I just thought bad. it was really funny. That one's drilled <laughs> into my head because it was, so, it was so funny. Let's have a little listen to one of my favourite answers from a podcast. It was when I asked Sir Alex Ferguson, what is it like to be him on a day-to-day basis? I love this answer. Is it difficult for you to live a normal life, go to your local supermarket? Yeah. Yeah, nobody bothers me during this Nobody bothers you? No. That has to be a respect thing, though, rather than... Yeah, well, yeah, it could be, yeah. yeah. But, uh, no, There's I nothing get, you feel like you can't I do in your life? I go to coffee bars in, in Wimsall. There's two or three I like to go to. Uh, I go to Marks and Spencer's in the, the garage here, and there's a Tesco there, and there's a post office. The post office, right? <laughs> Behind that girl, the girl's <laughs> city fans. <laughs> <laughs> you need to start going to a new I post office. Them. <laughs> so when when they were going, what's the name? Uh, Sue, 
She says, I'm of God, can't you be sick as a pig, you know? Ronaldo. 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 Sorry. You've got Ronaldo, you were sick. I says, don't hatch your eggs now. Brilliant. Then when when it was, she was hiding. She wouldn't come out. I said, get out. Get out. Oh, really good fun. And there's a... There's other girls who works in the actual, doing the, the post office in the, the, the actual shop. I came in one day and she's standing at the front, front of the door kissing her boyfriend. I said, you're never going to, you never go, you know, you get off that kiss, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a safe fun. <laughs> oh. That's nice, though, that you feel you can do those normal things because yeah. for young players now, it's very difficult. It's pandemonium when they go out, isn't it? But it must be a respect thing with you. People feel like, oh, I don't want to approach you. Yeah, him. but also my age, you know, my age has got to do with that. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to buy an old man, are they? I think a lot of people would like to. I'm 18 in December. <laughs> You're not coming to the party. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm not having any party. <laughs> It's an unlikely favourite one, and it might not be one that's had the most listens, but the entire conversation we had with Odia Nagalo was so great, and he told two stories that have stuck in my mind ever since. The first one was about his him signing for United and running around his hotel room naked, but the other one was about the viewing rooms and him growing up in Nigeria. I just think that's worth listening to again. I grew up in a in a like in an area where everybody watched Premier League back then. You understand. So I was very late to, you know, you either support Manchester United or Arsenal or Chelsea back then because uh, one Nigerian player, ex-player, Kanu Wankwa, was playing for Arsenal. So they have a lot of supporters at Manchester United. So in my house, my other brothers, even my late sister and my siblings, they support Manchester United. I, mean, I, don't, I was very young. I don't know quite about football. So when I come, when they went to watch they will go to viewing centre to watch the game. When they come back home, you see they will be arguing, Arsenal fans and Man U fans will be <laughs> arguing about the game and all that. Even to the extent one will start fighting, you know? <laughs> this one insulting this team, this one insulting this team, your team did this weekend and all that, your team did <laughs> So, yeah. So I would, I would just be listening. So as I was growing up, my elder brother started taking me to the viewing centre to watch Manchester United. That's how... Uh, I fall in love with the team, started watching Manchester United playing week in, week out, then the winning games, winning the league and all that. So I become who were the who were the players that you remember watching or were there moments or games that you remember as a fan being like, Oh, that's amazing? <laughs> I remember watching uh, Andy Cole Dwight York back then, they're doing well, they're scoring Vanisteroy used to score goals every weekend. Do when they, then there was a great rivalry between Arsenal and Manchester United. You know, every time the rivalry is big. Even back then, Nigeria, the rivalry for the fans there is crazy. You know, if you see them arguing and fighting, it's like they are they, they are being paid by these clubs. You know, they they sometimes they fight physically, arguing. You've been in the viewing centre, you see people that want Manchester United to lose the game. They will be at the back screaming when they are. When the game is going on and all that, yeah. You mentioned about the viewing centre. Yeah. What is a viewing centre? Is it like a, a, a bar, a, a restaurant? Or? No, it's not a bar, it's not a restaurant. In Africa, you know, like these places now, they will just get like a, 
like a proper Sky Sport TV, put it there, then you have to pay money to go in and watch it because mm-hmm. in in Nigeria, it's not everybody that can afford the Sky Sport TV. Mm-hmm. Me, I don't have Sky Sport TV in my house because you have to pay to have that in your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so if you don't have that, you have to go to where they call viewing center to go watch it. So you have to pay. And how many people are there? Oh, uh, it's like in a very small place like this, you see close to 100 people, very tight and all that. But they don't care. They just want to watch the game. Yeah, you understand? Yeah. You see people even paying to stand at the back. Some will put a stool and stand on the stool. Some will stand at the back. Some will sit down. You see a small chair like this, like three people will fold themselves like this. <laughs> watching it they don't care about the inconveniency but they just yeah. want to watch their their team playing and doing well you know that's what call viewing center so those that does they make a lot of money from that because it's not many people that can afford that yeah, yeah. in their house so did you go there every week to watch Manchester every week, United? yeah i have to save money to go there you know because when i was growing up uh before you go to school in the morning you eat breakfast at home so my mom would give me some little money, maybe if I want to eat lunch and all that. So I would start from Monday saving my money till weekend because I, have, I want to watch Manchester United play. So you would go without lunch? lunch. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Maybe I would share it into two, use right. part, even though I use part of the money for lunch and save the money because weekend is coming, you understand? Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you'll be even feeling hungry because you don't eat properly. But you don't want to miss the game in weekend. You don't want somebody to come and tell you how the game is, how Manchester United played, how did they score and all that. You want to say it yourself, you know. It's that yeah. passion, you know. So start saving money, saving money till weekend. Then after Friday, the school is done. You see everybody getting happy. You see they watch their their Manchester United share. The Arsenal people watch it and dry it, high on it. Everybody's getting set for the weekend. It's like... It's like a celebration, like in the, like you want to go to a party, you understand? <laughs> so on Saturday, if Manchester United is playing on Saturday, you have to pull your Manchester United shirt, go to the viewing center, looking smart and all that. But when the game starts, sometimes that place will be, be will be so even hot, there's no AC in, then you have to take off your shirt and fanning yourself, you know? <laughs> well, I know you two have got one each, but I think I've got three. Okay, greedy. Uh, well, because I just I just love the stories. One would be Bruno wanting to beat his four year old at what game was it? Um Bruno. Uno. Uno. I mean I know he's now the club captain and you can see the passion that he has on the pitch and wanting to win. But to actually beat his four year old girl at Uno every single time, I think that's a little bit harsh. But I love his actual desire to win everything and I suppose in a way I'd be a little bit like that second one would be Teddy winning the treble going through those last few moments knowing that we are the champions and him scoring um, having that little chat between Ollie saying listen we could have another 30 minutes of this absolutely buzzing my beer machine right on cue there we go there you go it's been a while isn't <laughs> there it there she is <laughs> now we're back now we're back but my absolute favourite is the Luke Chadwick one where it was late to training because he actually said that he had to take his girlfriend to hospital because she'd broke her arm. And I'm thinking, Chaddy, how on earth have you got away with that? Unbelievable. Chaddy, you mentioned about training and stuff like that. Was there any occasions when um, 
you actually missed training. I believe you did. Oh yeah, he set me up. Set me up for a fool here. Well, uh, you know, it's just the lads previous on the podcast has mentioned <laughs> it, and just how we get your version of it. Yeah. So how the story goes, I was in Belgium the year before, and that was the year that Big Brother started. And in Belgium, I could only get BBC One and BBC Two on the telly out there, so I missed like a big thing at the time, Big Brother. Series one, I missed it. So I made sure when I was back in the UK that I weren't going to miss a second of series two. So what happened was <clears throat> I got probably a bit too much into Big Brother and was watching all of it, like every Channel 4 show, but then also on E4. You wa- don't tell me you watched the live one. I'd watch the live feed for hours on end just so I'd be the first to know if anything happened. Don't look at me like that. It's... <laughs> So I'm what, so I've got, it's, it's actually on mute as well though isn't it no it goes on mute if they're saying something that ah, they shouldn't right, be okay. saying so, right. so like if you're lucky you'll hear them snoring while they're sleeping and that's oh great it. that's brilliant so I've got, in, like, I've got quite an addictive personality and I was just addicted to watching it so I was probably you know, a little flat in sale I was living in big telly that I bought with some of my bonuses from <laughs> the United <laughs> Games and I was just enjoying Big Brother and I, I think I was just watching the live feed and it probably got to about Three in the morning, probably no one had said anything for about two hours, but I was just waiting for that moment for someone to say something. I've obviously fallen asleep. My missus was um, working at Manchester Airport, working shifts, and she came home at 10.30 in the morning the next day and woke me up. And I said, like, what? She went, Luke, what are you doing? Isn't you a bit training? And I've just like looked at my watch all the time. It's 10 foot training. You needed to be in for yeah. like half nine. And my heart just sank I thought what have I done Big Brother's really cost me here and I, I didn't have a clue what to do so what, what I've done and I'm still ashamed of it to this day I phoned my mum back in Cambridge and said to her are they going to sack me I've missed training because I'm watching Big Brother I don't know what to do so I took my mum phoned Carrington like Kathy on the desk yeah. at Carrington and said I told her to say phone up and say Hayley's had an accident and I'm taking her to the hospital again. I'm ashamed I said this. And I said, nothing serious. Just say that it's an accident. So Haley is your girlfriend. Haley's my girl, yeah. wife now, yes. <laughs> so then she phones me back and says, yeah, I've told her. She said, it said like, they sounded really worried. Like, I hope Haley gets better soon. I said, oh, thank God. But So I've gone in the next morning, made sure I didn't watch Big Brother, went in at the right time, turned around that corridor to go to the dressing room. First person I see is a gaffer. Like, he's never even down there. I can't believe, like, he's there. And I've made, like, made eye contact. And he's, like, he's looked at me with concern in his face, saying, how is she? <laughs> I mean, oh, my God, I've, got, I've gone too deep again here. I've got, and I've said to him, I said, she had a full gaffer. I said, it's, it's, it's her wrist. I mean, it's all right, though. I go, it's not broken. <laughs> and I've got, like, I'm thinking. So then, because I, like, I'm absolutely. Oh, the hole's getting deeper. Had deep you not thought about this scenario before you went into training? Oh, I'm just trying to save myself. So you're literally just thinking on the I spot. Don't, I, don't think, like, I don't think anyone's going to ask me. Like, I think it's just going to get brushed under the carpet and that. But then the first person I've seen the gaffer, and the gaffer's said it. So then, <laughs> because I'm absolutely. I can't even drive. I'm 20, 21 years old. I'm not even passing my driving test. So, Hayley, my wife, has to take me everywhere I go. And she always goes to the games so she can take me home after. So and she goes in the players' lounge after. So I've, for the next like three or four weeks, I've made her wear a TV grip 
on her arm. So if if anyone quizzed and we've got the story like all together saying like she slipped in the kitchen, like there was wet stuff, like I'd spill a cup of tea. She didn't know we've got the we've gone so deep into the story. So yeah, that was um obviously not something I'm extremely proud of. <laughs> <laughs> Had anyone ever asked her after that in the players' lounge? No, like, no. <laughs> I mean, I've just gone to. I'm worried so much, and I've got her worried as well. She's like, "Look, I forgot the tuber grip, so we're gonna have to turn around. We need to get it." So then she'd keep the tuber grip in her handbag. So when we got to Old Trafford, she'd just pull it on. Oh. Yeah, it was a uh, bad times, worrying, worrying times. The, the one thing I remember saying again, I mean, it's all right. So it's not broken. <laughs> Oh, the chicks are sort Does he know that story, do you think? <laughs> no, probably not. I, I hope not. I sincerely hope not. I do have one more. I'm not sure if we can squeeze it in. But one of my ultimate podcasts, which I can't believe I didn't mention at the start, was Quentin Fortune. Oh, Quinny. Quinny. Great. Quinny's podcast was incredible, particularly oh. his marathon story. Before lockdown took place, we were due to have you on, but you couldn't come on because you had work. Mm-hmm. But the day before we were going to do it, I was with Wes Brown at Old Trafford. Uh-huh. And he said, oh, what are you doing the rest of the week? And I said, oh, we've got Quinton on the podcast tomorrow. And he was like, right, do this. And he straight away WhatsApped me some pictures of you and was like, you've got to bring these uh, up. You've got to talk no. about this. Make sure you kill him. No. You know what it is, don't you? No. Where's he? Oh, no, the marathon. Yeah, it was, yeah. Straight away, he sent me those pictures and he was like, bring it up, bring it up. Do it straight away. So I've got to do it because Wes told me to. Oh, wow. Let's go. One thing is obviously, one, there's a brilliant story you can tell us there. But two, I think it also shows how fond of you all of your ex-teammates are. Because all of them that we've spoken to have all said... I'm not sure they're fond of me. They just enjoy a good laugh. <laughs> Talk us through it, Quinny. Maisie, I don't know. Why did you actually want to do it? 26 miles. So this is the London Marathon for anybody. London Marathon. So measure, yeah. I spoke to John Shields. John Shields were telling me it's for the foundation. So I'm like, oh, for a brilliant. It was for... You know, uh, yeah. a lot of kids in, in, in Manchester live under below the public line. A lot of people. Yeah. So I said, great, I've got to do it. And um, I trained Maisie and I was like, something in your life, you just, I don't know, not something in your life. Me, I'm just thinking, I've got to do a marathon. We played football, it's not a problem. And a lot of people told me, Maisie, Quinny, just take it easy. Don't, just calm yourself, easy. Yeah. Find your way through it. Me, like, whatever. Yeah, what, I'll just go for it. And the first 13 miles, Maisie, I felt great. I was like, what are people talking about? Like, you know, I ran like first 13 miles, I think one hour, 45 minutes. I was like flying. I was running eight minute miles. And uh, at 17 miles, Maisie. That was it. Hit the wall. It's like, I don't know what happens. It's just, everything shuts down, Maisie. But the thing is, it's, it shuts down, but you're still thinking, I'm still thinking, oh, I'm running, I'm running. But I'm not really running, I'm walking. <laughs> and in my and my head is like everywhere and I'm thinking, what but I don't even know what's going on. All I said all I'm knowing is saying to myself in my head, do not stop. Because I know if I stop, yeah, then I just like to keep going. But the problem I should have stopped <laughs> have a drink or, or something, or go Nando's or I don't know, just take it easy. <laughs> but um oh amazing and, and and I just know I well I didn't know know what happened. I just woke up in a tent with all ice around me. Quinny, how far did you have to go? No, no, no. This is the, sorry, Major, this is the first one. This is the first one. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the first one. Yeah. The first marathon I'm running and boom, no, no problem. Easy. Not easy, but I was yeah. in pain. I was just praying for the end and two guys ended up carrying me over the line at the end and uh, the lads killed me. 
the lads saw so those pictures. That is the picture that you that's have. That's the, the picture, lads. Yeah. And that's what scolds you. I called me saying, Quinny, okay. <laughs> and then it just spread everywhere, like Rio, everyone, all the lads got hold of it. It was all over. They just, Robbo, Robbo saw me like, swim. <laughs> and everyone just destroyed me. So I'm thinking, maybe in my head, thinking, I've got to go back. Oh my god! I can't, I can't let this, I can't let this slide. I can't let them just do this to me. And then uh, I went back the next year, Maisie, and I did it again. So before the race, they told us, everyone, this is the hottest day of the year. <laughs> Whatever times or you have in your head, forget about it. And then uh, at one split second, I just remember opening my eyes. And seeing all these people around me and all ice all over me, and I'm thinking, wow. <laughs> You're like, not again. Yeah, and no, man, this is scary. This is a scary one because now you're thinking, where in the world am I? Like, what? <laughs> what is, like, what's going on? I swear I was running. I was running. I'm telling myself. So now I'm laying there, man. I'm thinking, okay, I need to start, I need to start moving, but I can't move. So I'm looking at my, I look at my fingers. <laughs> I'm thinking, <laughs> can they why are they not moving can I'm looking at my legs and I'm trying to move and I'm looking at this guy standing like oh man I'm thinking who in the world are you <laughs> then I'm, my speech comes back a little bit and I'm asking the guy what's going on he says no no you you hit your head in the pavement I'm like really he goes yeah yeah and then we came to get you and then and then when we came to rescue you he tried to fight us like, whoa so and I said to the guy now I'm trying to apologize maybe I'm in the ambulance I'm like saying I'm so sorry he says no no don't don't apologize the brain kicks into like defensive mode so luckily maybe there's not a video of me bobbing and weaving and jumping and, and punching if it's a video I'm honestly I'm going back home because the lads were just finishing sugar, sugar A fortune sugar A you know, just and then oh, uh, it was just it was brutal because Katie she had to come find me again because <laughs> in your shoe they give you like a little tracker thingy so yeah. Katie saw me stop and then she saw me move a little bit slower and then she saw me move really quickly she's thinking but the marathon's finished where's he going why is he running like what? to track you on the ambulance I was, I was, I was running at 30 mile an hour <laughs> And then I'm trying to I'm trying to speak to the guys in the ambulance. I'm saying to them, they ask me what's my name. I say I say I'm saying I'm thinking I'm gonna say in my head Quinton. But uh, at the at the hospital, they when Katie started to look for me, they wrote Winston. <laughs> so, I could, so I don't know if they wrote Winston Churchill. I don't know what name I gave. I don't know what Winston. name I gave. Maybe. Obviously, we've just discussed the things that we liked our favourite moments on the podcast and I'm now immediately filled with regret that I didn't talk about Albert and Sunderland and the ceiling falling I down and you having to clean up I all the sewage. I knew you were going to say oh. that. <laughs> and I think that is the joy of this podcast is we've unearthed so many incredible stories and I like to think because I mean, I'm literally just a United fan that gets to do this and it's amazing that the reason people send us so many messages or stop us to speak to us is because they feel the same way. What's the what's the best thing or worst thing you've heard, Maisie, from someone stopping you to talk about the podcast? I don't think I've ever had anything anything bad. I always get so much positive feedback, and we'll go through the stories we've mentioned there. How we got through COVID? Don't forget, we started yeah. this at the beginning of COVID four years ago, and now we're on what I don't know, hundred fifty, hundred sixty, hundred sixty podcasts later on. But the fact it got so many people through it. 
Even Harry Grant's daughter said the other day, Maisie, you, Helen and Sam, absolutely got me through COVID. And it's so, so, so touching. It's incredible. It's so, so nice. Yeah, it's amazing, though, isn't it? Tallulah listened through COVID because she wanted to hear our voices, who is, for those listening, she is the makeup artist who works at MUTV. So we'll see her on a match day. And because she missed us so much, she just used to sit and listen to the podcast. Oh, no. I know. It gives you a real closeness to people because I'm sure you guys listen to podcasts as well. And you do feel like you really get to know the person behind what's in your ear, so to speak. And it's really nice to be able to do that for people in that position, you know, who might have been lon- might have been lonely during COVID. And hopefully those people have continued to listen after COVID on their commute. Lots of people we know listen mm-hmm. um, when they're commuting to work on the train, traveling. But it's been quite a journey. The commuter thing, that was one of the best emails, wasn't it? That someone emailed in and said, look, I really love the podcast. It's really good. But at 40 plus minutes, they're too long. My commute's 25 minutes. It should just, it should just mirror that. Which I still think is mad. I think it's because we talked too much. <laughs> we did have P- P.S. Michael for two and a half oh, hours. That was a long one. One of my favourite parts of the podcast, we obviously talked earlier about, you know, our favourite guests and favourite clips, but I suppose it's just building a relationship with you guys, getting to know you better. And I mean, we're not in those lockdown times anymore. We've been able to travel as a podcast team. And some of my favourite memories are the three of us travelling, you know, little jokes we have between each other. And yeah, those are really special as well as the recordings that we do. Yeah, the trips have all been great, haven't they? Running through Amsterdam Airport and then me sat next to Helen and I looked to see her and she's fast asleep. <laughs> That's happened a on. few times, to be fair. It's a great yeah. sight. I don't know if it's me or you're just tired. <laughs> tell you one thing people say to me quite a lot. People often say, where's David May's episode? Or you should do a David May episode. So this is a great opportunity to point out that episode three is the Maisie episode. We did I know, it. It's it was actually the first so one. So far back, yeah. That's it, yeah. But it's there. It's the first one we ever recorded, didn't we? We were learning the ropes then, you see. That was before COVID. That was at Old Trafford. And uh remember Maisie that snips from it got um picked up by the Daily Mail. Yeah. Which you were unimpressed yeah. with. Well, it is what it But it's a very good podcast. There are some inside jokes if you have been listening from the start that you will get. You know, the odd time we may reference Maisie's beer machine, which we have heard in this episode, ironically. There's a few references to Blue WKD, Maisie. That was from your podcast, but also Luke Chadwick's podcast. Tell us about that one. Well, my podcast was, uh, it goes back to 2003 when United just won the league. And um, I was leaving United at that point. And uh, I went to see the lads to celebrate them winning the league and out of that um, celebration I got myself a bottle of crude champagne to which I then shared with a homeless guy at the back of the living room which is on Dean's Gate in Manchester which is a wonderful story yeah and this is what makes headlines this is probably one of the stories that ended up in the paper but um, I ended up sharing a £200 bottle of champagne with um with a homeless guy in the middle of Manchester. Me and him sat on a park bench, swigging from the bowl. And the other one, referencing Chaddy, is that on every away trip with Burnwick, Chaddy would get Lee Roach, who was also at Manchester United, in his early career, he would drive for Chaddy, and Chaddy would get absolutely leathered on WKDs, blue ones particular. 
about a story that Alan's referencing to. I'll just put you in the picture. Any other little inside jokes that we always have that we should probably explain if people haven't listened to them all? I mean, I'm sure there's so many, but... For a while, you guys sort of made a joke about me and Paul Scholes being great mates. No, no, no. didn't really get. No, Sam. He didn't understand that. No, no, no. no. That's not what happened. No. You just decided that you were best friends with a lot of ex-players for a long time. And you used to call them your friends. That's That's what what happened. happened. I think that's what happens. Yeah, but you were. We talk for a while and then we become great mates. You mentioned it earlier in this in this podcast right. that you became best mates. And how many times has Scully been in touch with you? Oh, I see him all the time. On a, on a scale of one to... One. Well, zero to one. Well, I regularly see him on a match day. And he says hello, shakes my hand. That's enough for me. <laughs> in our time doing our podcast, Sam, is there anyone you would call a close friend as a result of the podcast? Did you get anybody's number? Have you texted anybody from the podcast? People at MUTV don't count because you work with them in a match day. Right. Well, I was initially going to say David May, but you spoiled that. Yeah. Uh, there are people now that on social media I'm in touch with. But I didn't give it to Sam. <laughs> you probably, you probably <laughs> stole yeah, it. I got it. <laughs> uh, there's no chance I give you my number. There's a few. There's a few. Okay, we'll take your word for it. Uh, we're going to move the conversation on again now. One thing that's been wonderful about this is the communication that we've had with you guys that are listening. Um, and we always get lots of nice emails and some that are completely insane. Uh, but we're going to read some of the lovely ones now. I've got one from Callum Clark who says, Hi, Helen, Maisie and Sam. Just a quick email to say how much I'm enjoying the podcast. I'm listening to one or two a day. My favourites have been Paul Parker, Sir Alex, Eric Steele, Steve Koppel and of course, King Eric. The recommendations I'd love to hear from Brian Kidd as he has two views with the 68 team and the early Premier League years. Keep up the great work. And also, Helen, no question, just to say, George is the greatest that has ever been. I'm with you on that. All the Georgie best, Callum Clark. But that you must be Northern Irish. Thank you, Callum. And I'm glad we agree on that. There's not even a debate, really. Brian Kidd, we've discussed, wouldn't we? Would be really fun because obviously there's also, you know, who does he support? But like Mark Hughes, I imagine that one would be. Yeah. Mark Hughes's was great kind of two as well. Two life stories. Yeah, it was really good. Sparky was class. Yeah. Got another one here from uh, Alan Newsom. Thank you for always providing me with a feel of inclusiveness. Uh, content you all provide brings me closer to the team I love. Hey, oh, that's, that's nice. the stuff. Like that. yeah, that's really, really nice. nice. Um, I've got one from Kent Morgan. What a great name. I was going to say, what a name. Kent Morgan, I know. I just wanted to pass on my appreciation for some wonderful chats with some amazing United legends from days gone and current I have been a massive United fan since 92, good year, and some of the guests have taken me back to the mornings before school watching United win, uh, in brackets, New Zealand time difference often means 2am or 4am wake up for games. Um, heading off to class feeling bulletproof, especially the 99 Champions League final which finished here at 8.30am so I could go to school as proud as punch. Keep up the lovely work, appreciate the effort and grind from you three, from Kent Morgan. Thank you very Cheers, much for your email. I have to say, though, it's not a grind. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Maybe sometimes. <laughs> it appears to be that way. <laughs> um, I've got another one from Scott Robertson who says, Hi, I've been working my way through the podcast episodes and just listened to the Lumakari episode. The reason I'm getting in touch is that I was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia in 2021. And I just wanted to say I love Manchester United and everything they've done for me throughout my treatment. I received a personal message from David Beckham and a signed shirt a message from Ollie when he was manager, and also a couple of months ago, a phone call from Lou Macari. 
What a fantastic man he is taking time out to call me late one evening. His episode on the podcast was brilliant. I must admit, I didn't know anything about his personal life, but what he's gone through and what he does for homeless people in Stoke is inspiring. Keep up the great work on the podcast. I have a lot to catch up on. Glory, glory, Man United, Scott Robertson. Uh, and the email came a few months ago, but we do we have heard from Scott and he is in good health currently. Scott, thank you so much. And it's wonderful that you listen and you got some joy out of listening to Lou as we all did. And we hope you're doing okay. Thank you very much indeed for your email, Scott. And wishing you all the best of help. Absolutely brilliant. Great news, mate. Great news. I have another one here from John Coles. Uh, he said that Maisie is a City fan. Would Maisie like to reply to this? Here's your chance, Maisie. Yes, John. I did used to go watching City uh, as a kid. And I also used to watching Oldham. Um, and that eventually my dad used to say to me, David, stay away from that main road. So that's what I did. Wise words. So there you go. John Boy. Like that a lot. Uh, another one here from Alex Davison. This week's episode with Eric Steele was brilliant. As good as Gary Bailey's episode was, uh, this is a great insight into the craft of goalkeeping coaching. A guest request, and we've had this many, many times. Um, Helen, you need to. I actually asked him to the gym, but he is going to do one. All right. So you're, so you're reading the email as I'm reading it. I am. That's all right. That's okay. So, Helen, you need to speak to Jimmy Nichol. Uh, he would also love to have Martin Buchan on the podcast. Uh, that Tommy Dock side were the first, was his first uh, Man United Heroes team, especially as they helped resurrect the club. And Sam, as we've mentioned many, many times before, next time you're curious about something, Google it. Because if you remember, you did ask the question, what does a goalkeeping coach do? behave <laughs> that's cheers cheers from boston massachusetts usa alex davidson cheers Thank for that, now admittedly when i asked the question it felt like asking eric Steele, who was a goalkeeping coach what does a goalkeeper coach do was perhaps stupid but he gave a good answer so i think it was fine there are no stupid questions you would say that <laughs> yeah but that's like saying what does a fireman do plus how fine yeah but i i mean i yeah gets cats out of trees they probably do other stuff uh, right, I've got one from Stephen Draper who said to Helen, Sam and David some great podcasts recently Teddy was brilliant to listen to Gordon Strachan was hilarious and I had no idea Tom Cleverley's was very heartfelt I felt it was unlucky how things ended for him at Man United most importantly Ella Toon's interview was excellent a massive talent and a really nice down to earth person a great podcast to listen to Helen, what a great podcast with the special one-off Football is for Boys episode. I have four girls and I think many people should listen to that podcast to listen to how women's football is flourishing and what women's thoughts are about the game and what they've come through. A great podcast. Football and sport is for all to be involved in and enjoy. Great work as always. The whole production team for this great podcast. Best regards, Stephen Draper. Thank you very much, Stephen. Well done, Helen. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Sam. Other bells. And that's from just some of our friends, our podcast friends. Of which we have many. We do. We do have people who do email in from all over the world, from the four corners of the world. We've got one from Nicaragua. That's my favourite. Yes. That's amazing that someone's listening there. I'd really like like a map with pins on it to oh, see that where would be people really cool. listen. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. Yeah, I'd like one of those. Sam, see, instead of your blackberry picking, why don't you make that your next... Uh, yeah, good idea. Time. This won't surprise you. I'm not necessarily super talented at DIY. No, I'm um, mm, well, yeah. Because safe. <laughs> Look at the surprised faces in front of me. What's that got to do with DIY? Putting some pins well, I thought in I'd have a to map? build a map. 
put pins in well, it. Well, you could buy them out for like two pounds. No, you just buy them. I a would map. do, but I don't have time. Did not once occur to me that I could just buy a map. I'm on the golf course, no. so I probably can. Leaves it up to you, Sam. Yeah, that's true. All right, well, I'll be buying three maps and loads of pins then. Yeah. Guys, it's been a pleasure, as always. It's nice to be back with our listeners after a little break. Oh, it's really fun. New season beginning. Hopefully more new podcasts to come, and I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. And for the first time in a while, that is it. Thank you all so much for listening. It genuinely has been so much fun just talking about this podcast because we all love it so much. If you want to get in touch with us and we'll read your email and we can talk about your ideas or or if you want to critique my questions, that's absolutely fine. Um, You can email us, unitedpodcast at mayunited.co.uk. The address is in the show notes uh, wherever you're listening. Obviously, if you want to leave us like a review or a five-star rating. I think we need more reviews. I think we should. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like to see reviews. I actually left my first review ever. Um, a few weeks ago on something and I felt quite... What good. did you say? Was it a good review or yes, negative? Yes, it was a review about a hotel I stayed in which was really I'm good for the kids. That. So I just oh, thought, brilliant. do you know what? It's nice to be nice. Yeah. Do you want to mention the hotel so you get a free holiday next time? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean, I well, would love to, go. yeah, but to... that's not going to happen. But yes, I did send a very nice <laughs> review. Um, so yeah, if you want to be nice like Helen and leave us a review, we would really appreciate it. Uh, until next time... Goodbye. Bye. See you later.